We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, for you personally? I think we ain't done yet. Welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads Podcast, part of Ramstock Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Ribeiro. Here's always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, by the time this podcast comes out, we will be like two days away from actual Rams football. How ready are you? Uh, I mean, I, I've been waiting for this for a while. It, it didn't seem like it was going to be that long of a wait. Uh, considering the Rams, you know, had such a, a much shorter off season than usual, but yeah, it still feels like forever. Yeah, I was gonna say this like it it feels like a long time, but it was also it felt shorter than usual. Like we're usually fishing for content on our off season podcasts, and obviously that didn't well not obviously, but like that didn't happen this year that much, and I was kind of like, huh. Maybe um, maybe maybe it was just a quicker offseason. And it was literally the fastest offseason in Rams history because this is the Super Bowl is played later than it has been historically. So, yeah, I, I guess we're not wrong. Uh, I I can get used to this. Uh, you know, let, let's have more shorter offseasons. Let's do that. I definitely am here for it. OK, so we are good. Let's start with this. We ha- we have some topics to hit on before we start actually looking ahead of this game. Not not much, but before we even get to those, I want I want to start with this. I think it's a good place to start this podcast. I there was a lot of chatter on Twitter this week about how the Rams are um, c- kind of like being underrated and disrespected heading into the season. The, uh, Blaine Grissick of Downtown Rams pointed out that they're the first Super Bowl champions to open as underdogs since the 2016 Broncos, which obviously they were starting Trevor Simeon in that game. So why would they be favored? And I, I kind of was like, this is not a big deal uh, for a number of reasons that I'll get into. And it seems like the general consensus is that we are being disrespected. But I, I'm curious how you think, Johnny, like, Heading into the year, do you think people are underrating or sleeping or disrespecting us? I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, who exactly they're being compared to. So obviously this week, the it's week one, and they're going up against the Buffalo Bills. And to be honest with you, Steve, if it was literally any other team, I would feel the disrespect for the Bills. I, I don't think there's any there's any disrespect there. The Bills are one of the most complete, if not the most complete, teams in the NFL. And, you know, this even stems back to last year. There was very few weaknesses. And it feels like this offseason, 
there wasn't a whole lot for them to address. They didn't really lose a whole lot. And they addressed those positions quite nicely. So um, that being said, you know, is it really that dis- disrespectful um, to open up as an underdog for the Buffalo Bills? I don't really think so. I think it's actually warranted. Now, if they were doing this with, say, I don't know, the Seahawks or something like that, then yes, obviously you you say that they're being disrespected. But against the Bills, I don't know if you can really say that they're being disrespected here. Yeah, they're not being disrespected at all, in my opinion, uh, whether it is in this game or just going into the season. First of all, like you said, it's the Bills. Okay, I like you mentioned Seattle. Even if this was like San Francisco, or um, just trying to think of other good teams off the top of my head, like the the, the Broncos or the Chargers or any of those teams, if we entered as dogs against them, yeah, that would be a little insane, uh, and it would be a bit disrespectful. We are playing the Bills; they are the betting favorites for the Super Bowl, and you could say. Well, we won. Shouldn't we be the betting favorite to the Super Bowl? It doesn't always work like that. I don't think Tampa Bay, and somebody can look this up and pull the receipts and prove me wrong. I'm pretty sure Tampa Bay was not the betting favorite last year going into the season. And we are third right now in Super Bowl odds. I think we're plus 1,100. We're tied with a team I can't remember off the top of my head. And we're behind Tampa Bay and Buffalo, which is fine. It's not disrespectful. Those are really good football teams. Um, And, like, when you look at the Rams heading into the season, on paper, and Johnny, tell me if you disagree, they are clearly worse than last year on paper. We added Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner. Those are big acquisitions. And Troy Hill, who's important, but to a lesser extent. They lost Andrew Whitworth, Austin Corbett, Robert Woods, Odell Beckham, Sonny Michelle, Von Miller, Darius Williams, and Sebastian Joseph Day. And that's on top of other role players that don't matter as much, like Okoronkwo or Johnny Munn or to a much lesser extent Troy Reader and you don't like yeah those guys don't matter but you're replacing them with undrafted free agents and draft picks and you don't pick until the end of the third round and the guy you draft in the end of the third round isn't going to be a factor this year and essentially you're replacing I mean I mean how many starters did I just name one two three four five, six, at least six starters in that group. I'm not going to count Sonny Michel, and I'm not going to count both Robert Woods and Odell Beckham. You bring in three guys through free agency to, well, you bring in Allen Robinson and Troy Hill to replace some of those guys. I guess Bobby Wagner is technically replacing Troy Reader, which is obviously a massive upgrade. I'm not going to undersell that. Um, But you're replacing Andrew Whitworth in-house. You're replacing Austin Corbett in-house. You're replacing Sebastian Joseph Day in-house. We know that those are not going to be, uh, with the possible except like Whitworth and Corbett, I think, are much more difficult to replace in-house than Sebastian Joseph Day, who Greg Gaines was good last year. All that being said, like, do I think that there is going to be a drop-off from last year? No. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know I don't think that. Johnny and I both picked the Rams to win, I think, like 13 games. But I understand why they're not the betting favorites. There are clearly reasons to be bearish against them repeating as Super Bowl champs. If we're going to be, say, will they miss the playoffs? That would be fucking clinically insane. But you have to be really, really good to win the Super Bowl. I think the Rams are really, really good. I think they can definitely repeat. But it's not disrespectful to put... The current Super Bowl favorites, according to every sports book in the world, pretty much, the Buffalo Bills, as a favorite in week one against us. And that's not even going down the list of, like, there are injury concerns that we could talk about with our quarterback, with our running backs, with a handful of positions on the team. I just think, like, for whatever reason, lots of Rams fans have, like, a complex that the mainstream media hates us which I do not think is true at all. And like things like this just kind of build on it. I mean, nobody wants to hear their team being talked down upon, especially after coming off a Super Bowl victory. But at the same time, you know, you could, you could say, and you can show that we're the Super Bowl champs, but 2022 is a, is a whole nother ball game. You know, we haven't proven anything yet. You know, and and for that matter, no no other team has either. But 
Um, if we're really going by, you know, because really all you have to work with is what, you know, has been added, what has been taken away. And when it's all said and done, the Bills on paper look like the better team overall. And I'd argue, and it probably shouldn't be uh, controversial, that the Bills probably look better uh, than any other team in the NFL right now. So it's, it shouldn't be taken as disrespect. Um, and really, I I can understand, you know, for other teams like the Buccaneers as well being ranked ahead of us for now. But, like, for me personally, I think the only other team that should be listed ahead of us is, is the Bills. But um, that's just my opinion. And, you know, that's in the end – what it's coming down to is opinion, you know, uh, it, you know what this obviously is going to change uh, throughout the season. So I wouldn't take it as disrespect as, you know, just basically talk before the season begins, then you can actually put legitimate facts to these rankings. Um, but, you know, rankings don't always mean anything as we're we- really well aware of. And I'm pretty sure odds, are like, they open based on what the sportsbook thinks, but the odds sway based on how people are betting on the games. And so if everyone felt like the Rams are going to win this game, the odds would have swayed by now into our favor because everyone would be smashing the money on it. And listen, all this shit we just said, I put $50 on the Rams to win on Thursday. So, like, I'm in the bag for them to win this game. I just don't view it as disrespect i think it's a little crazy that the uh the bucks have like somewhat notable higher odds than us to win the super bowl but even if we were playing them this week i think we would be the betting favorite because we're at home i think it's literally just the bills would be the favorites over us well we will circle do some other topics and come back around to this game later in the pod let's Okay, so, Johnny, we have spent the last, like, month, month and a half talking about really irrelevant Rams players, and we're going we're gonna to put a bow on this topic and hopefully never talk about the depths of this roster for quite a bit uh, because we have actual topics to cover finally. Uh, the We talked about after last week after the roster cuts, uh, Daniel Hardy, who's injured, made the roster because he has to make the roster so they can put him on the short-term IR. They did that. He's going to miss four games. Uh, a lot of people after the practice squads were announced expected Chris Garrett to fill this spot because he was not signed to the Rams practice squad. He did not. They actually signed defensive back Jake Gervais. I, like, so I guess just to say, like, it seems like they might just be done with Chris Garrett, which is, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, but still a tad surprising. Yeah, I I was a little surprised more that they added Gervais more than anything. Uh, you know, I, I felt like if the Rams truly wanted Chris Garrett, he would be on, on the practice squad. I, I don't think there's any question whatsoever. Um, but at the same time, like, why Gervais? Uh, I, I, I think partially is because Gervais could also be um, considered an inside linebacker as well. And maybe they just like the flexibility there. Uh, But I imagine at some point they're going to, they're going to either put Gervais on the practice squad or cut him outright and, and fill it with, you know, another, another position of need at some point. But for now, I guess Gervais is going to be the guy that fills that spot. I think, um, they probably keep Gervais for special teams reasons, I would imagine, yeah. uh, more so than anything, because a lot of like the guys that I think they kept aren't going to be, you know, they're like a guy like Brandon Powell, who's a six receiver on the draft. He's going to be the punt returner, but he's not going to be playing on punt or kickoff. Same with guys like Tutu Atwell, who's a bottom feed on the roster. You don't expect him to be on that team. I mean, um, you could assume they're going to throw Lance McCutcheon out there on one of those teams if he's active, but you don't even know that. Like Bryce Perkins, the third quarterback, not playing in any of those teams. And at some point, you need bodies to play on the special teams. Uh, 
you know, we, we crap on Ben Skoranek all the time, but he's actually a valuable special teamer. Um, there are plenty of guys on the roster who aren't that good at their actual positions, but are useful in special teams. And I think someone like Chris Garrett, if they don't think he's that good at outside linebacker or that he could play and he can't be utilized on special teams that much, I think it makes sense to go with someone like Gervais. Uh, but yeah, it's a little weird, but I, I guess we've seen two years of Chris Garrett. He showed some promise, but not enough to make any of us like think twice about him not being on the roster. Nah. Uh, everyone's favorite topic. And what we haven't talked about in a while, Johnny, the Odell Beckham watch has come back this week with actual news. It no. So no reporters have been able to see the Rams locker room due to pandemic concerns. I think all off season. And when they were able to go in this week, Odell Beckham still has, he has a full locker with the nameplate and everything at the Rams facility, despite not being on the team. Uh, and this is the first time this has come up or been reported. I believe there was also a, um, I don't remember where this clip came from, but there's a clip of Odell FaceTime with Cooper cup telling him that he'll see him on December 13th and that he's going to watch all the games this year. And he's going to, I think he's going to attend week one. It, it, this is truly just the weirdest saga, I think, uh, in the last couple years for the Rams. Because, like, at least today, you know, I've always been on the fence and if he's actually going to come back. All of this makes me think that he's definitely going to sign with some point. I just don't really understand why he hasn't. And I, I don't know. It, it's just so weird. But it's nice to see that they're so confident he's going to come back that they literally still have a locker for him. I mean, it's a smart, it's a smart tactic for sure. It's, it's showing, it's showing to him that uh, clearly he has a spot, you know, on the Rams and maybe they can't give him, you know, a ridiculous contract or anything like that, but he is still viewed as very much part of the team and pretty much everyone on, on the team wants him there. So um, that, that's definitely a good way to showcase that. And I think he sees that. I think ultimately it's just him trying to get as much, uh, you know, money from this as possible. And you can't blame him. I mean, this is kind of a guy that's older, um, but still, you know, plays like a younger player. And, you know, it's unfortunate what happened to him because I'm sure that uh, if he, you know, doesn't tear his ACL that, uh, he, he's with the Rams on a much larger contract. So um, it, it's it's no surprise that the Rams are going to pull out all the stops to make sure that um, he knows that at least the Rams view him as, as a member of the team. Um, let's just hope when it comes closer to that time that, you know, uh, other teams won't be poaching him too much. Yeah, I... Like, I still think the possibility, and I mentioned this a bunch if you've been listening to the pod all summer, um, the possibility of another team's receiver getting hurt and them being a contender and needing somebody and taking a shot on Odell, I think still exists. And I'm sure, like, if he gets a meaningful offer from another team, it's probably one of those things where, like, he probably will take it back to the Rams and be like, pay me this or I'm leaving. And it would be nice to have security knowing that he's on the roster because while he might not be back till November or December, we just said this is a team that you should barring a catastrophic catastrophic event should definitely be in the playoffs, especially a seven team playoff. It'll be really difficult for them to not make it with how talented this team is. We're a lot better off with him on the team than without him. And I know we have Alan Robinson now um, who you could, Maybe if if everything goes right for him is an improvement over Odell, but Odell is still a vast improvement over Van Jefferson or whoever is playing the wide receiver three at that point in the year. And you go to the playoffs with him as your third option behind Robinson and Cup. That is a uh, terrifying receiving group for other teams to deal with. And I, I just want him here. He's great. I love him. He's great to have. I I, I just hope that this is all just trending towards him being on the team at some point, which it seems like. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Speaking of injuries, Johnny, there's a lot of bumps and bruises going on with the Rams right now. So let's talk about some of these and see if we're worried at all. I think the most talked about injury the Rams have had this offseason is Matthew Stafford's elbow. Um, I don't think there's tons of clarity on exactly what is wrong with this elbow, but he's been experienced discomfort. Uh, The Rams have noted it's an unusual injury for an NFL quarterback. It's been compared to a lot of elbow stuff that pitchers deal with it's pretty clear that he's going to just be dealing with pain all season and a lot of people are really concerned about this i i have a lot of my my fantasy fantasy analyst friends who are you know bearish a little on cooper cup as to how high he's being drafted because they don't think stafford will be able to get him the ball as much i think this is pretty silly um there's like on a scale of one to ten on how concerned i am i'm probably like a four and it's only a four because he's our quarterback but like by all accounts they are just managing this as best they can he hasn't been throwing in practice because he doesn't need to if every practice was a game it seems like he would be playing with no limitations uh Sean McVay said he's going to play with no limitations in week one Stafford said he feels good he's ready to go uh I just and this is a guy that has played through a lot of injuries at his entire career he's no stranger to playing with discomfort it's very like very is not the right word, but for you to be like, he's 34 and dealing with elbow injuries, he'll be completely fine. I think it's a little silly, but on the flip side, like I think he's such a warrior. And if this was a bigger deal, I think it would be being played as a bigger deal. And I just, I think this is just going to be a nagging injury. And I don't, I think like it'll affect, I think he'll still be 95% of what he was last year. Uh, just That's just me. Maybe I'm just a painfully optimistic, but how are, how are you feeling about the elbow? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily optimism because the way you look at it is this is very similar to what he was going through last year. It's, and... it's the same thing, I think, but they might just have more clarity on it now that they've had an off season to deal with it. Yeah. So that being said, it's like, I mean, we weren't all that concerned last year. Uh, he went to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. So am I really all that different this year? Not really. I mean, obviously, I'd love him to be 100%, but unfortunately, that's not reality. So uh, the way I look at it is if the guy can still throw the ball downfield, I mean, it sucks that he's in pain, but, you know, um it seems like he's all right. We've seen him in practice throw the ball deep and pretty accurately. So as long as he can do that, I don't think there's really a huge concern there. Um, I would hope at some point that, you know, that can get fixed, whatever it is. Uh, But ultimately, if it's the same thing that he's been kind of dealing with, um, I don't think there's really any concern. And, you know, Maybe it might alter the way he plays slightly, but it doesn't seem like it's gonna. Um, but I, I think it's just really the fact that McVeigh kind of held him out of some of the practices. It's just McVeigh being McVeigh. Like I, I, this is kind of what he does. You know, he during the off season, he if he doesn't feel like these guys need to be out there, he's not gonna put them out there. And it's not just Matthew Stafford. 
It's guys like Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. You know, these are guys that he knows he's, they're, they're going to put in the work and he's going they're going to show up to play. So why risk any further injury or discomfort for Matthew Stafford if, if it's not going to really benefit him in the long run, you know? If Matthew Stafford walked into practice in August and said, I'm tired, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, I would want them to sit him for the entire practice is how I feel about it. <laughs> like, it's just, it just doesn't matter. The guy's played, like, he's proven he could play with this unit. Um, as It seems like he's developed some chemistry with Allen Robinson, and I think that's literally the only thing he has to work on this offseason because he played with everybody else here last year. Um, I just, yeah, like, they, it, it, it is a bit of McVay. This is what he does. He doesn't play guys when he doesn't have to, and I, I like, just keep doing it, man. There's, if he's feeling any discomfort, be as cautious as you can. Uh, but like you said, we've seen him zip the ball around practice, and he looks completely fine. I know it's practice, but you're still throwing a football, like, and he looks totally fine. So I, I, I'm not too worried. You know, thinking in my head about it now, I do remember me def- saying that Todd Gurley's knee is going to be fine for eight months of my life, uh, and then it wasn't. <laughs> so that scares me a little, but uh, I think it should be fine. Oh man, don't bring up Todd Gurley's knee. Well, and there was a lot of red flags during that offseason that we were just kind of ignoring, and it didn't. There, there's not as many with Stafford. They didn't draft his replacement. Um, like I don't know. I don't. I don't want to go deep down that rabbit hole. It's depressing. For real. Um, what else we got? Jalen Ramsey's good to go. Uh, not really anything to add there. Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers are also good to go. They haven't practiced a bunch this offseason, preseason. Um, They've been really cautious with these guys to the point where it seemed like they might not be ready to go for the season because of how little they've practiced this month. Now, everything we just said, like I'm glad they're also being cautious with these two guys because Daryl Henderson's made of glass and Cam Akers, even though he played at the end of last year, still is coming off a pretty scary injury with these two. I guess I'm way more concerned, not because not like Stafford where like, Hey, I, I, if they're not practicing, like if Daryl Henderson has a nagging injury, it's not good. Cause he always has a nagging injury and Cam Akers. We need him as fresh as possible. And at a hundred percent because he's coming off a pretty severe injury. And I know he played in the postseason, but like, let's be honest. He didn't look that good. Uh, it was a miracle and a credit to him that he actually got out there and was able to play a bulk of the snaps. But I think my biggest concern with the running back room is that I am not ready to secure and proclaim either of these guys as good running backs. And the, the offensive line, I don't think it'll take a big step back, but it's, it's fair to say it should, you can't not expect it to take some kind of step back without Andrew Worth and Corbett. Um, I, I, ideally it'll be a minimal one, but it certainly would be shocking if this group was as good as they were last year. And when you don't fully believe in the running backs, a little terrifying. Now that being said, it wouldn't floor me if Cam Akers came out and was looking like the guy we drafted him to be, but we still don't have evidence that running backs who tear their Achilles come back and are good. It's never happened. It's never happened to a guy this young and this good, but I don't know. Our, do you have worries about this unit? Because there's no Sony Michelle back there anymore if these guys get hurt. And there are guys, just older guys out there that we could go get that are not that inspiring, but like could play. Like David Johnson's out there, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm a little weary about these guys. And I think at the end of the day, it we probably still will be a passing offense. But if they want to shift to more of a running philosophy, because of the concerns with Stafford and keeping him a little more fresh, I'm just a little weary that we can rely on these guys to the extent that we would want to. I I think it's fair to, uh, to be overly cautious with these guys, uh, particularly because you can't really say that these guys are good running backs yet. Uh, with Cam Akers, this guy has, you know, been on the injury list, for most of his career. 
And, you know, last year he came back, you know, didn't look the strongest, but I mean, dude came off a major surgery. So, I mean, uh, it was amazing. He was able to come back at all. So hopefully he's had this entire off season to, you know, recover. I know he was kind of dealing with a few issues here, but um, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I think in terms of ability, I am confident enough that these guys will at least be decent. You know, um, I think we've seen a little bit more from Daryl Henderson, you know, when when he's, uh, you know, getting into a rhythm. And, you know, um, I, I feel like Daryl Henderson is a solid guy. As far as Cam Akers, if, if he can stay healthy, if he can, um, you know, go out there and do his thing, having Henderson there as, you know, the running back B. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm not all that nervous about their, I guess, their skill level. I think I'm more concerned about their injuries because, you know, both of them are, are fragile. And when it comes down to it, you know, who's behind them? You have a rookie running back in Kern Williams who is more of a third down back, or at least that's what we're going to try and make him into. And then you have Jake Funk, who I would say is more of a special teamer than he is a true backup running back. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think the the running back position in general is, is a bit of a concern. And, you know, the offensive line I'm really not that concerned about. I think, like you said, Steve, there will be some kind of bumps on the road here just, just to kind of get them to gel together a little bit because, you know, they they are missing some key players there. Uh, more concerned about Coleman Shelton than, you know, Noteboom since uh, we know what we have with Noteboom and he's played and started before. So it, it's just, I, I think, more along the lines of can they stay healthy? If they could stay healthy, I think this is a, a, you know, a running back core that can, you know, be decent. But let's face it, even if if Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson stay healthy, they do the thing out there. Sean McVay is going to air the ball out. That That's just how it's going to go down. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think they will, at the end of the day, be a pass first team. I can't believe people think they're going to be a run first team. Uh, no. I, I don't like... All we've done for the last like, half a decade is get mad that they're not running the ball enough. Uh, that, like, <laughs> I feel like that's all we've done in games we've lost and in games where the offense played bad is just complain that McVay's not running the ball enough. The guy loves to throw the ball. He's going to continue to throw the ball. And, yeah, I think, like, I think they will be good enough to be a solid unit. Um, but I'm, I'm just a little concerned. And I wanted to express it, and I hope that Cam Akers comes out in his gangbusters and has a great year. And that's and Daryl Henderson's a great compliment to him. And I think Henderson is a good B back. Uh, I think he's a bad A back, but I think he will serve good as a B back if Cam Akers could be the lead guy. Uh, Kieran Williams, I think it's insane to expect anything out of him. I, I I'm kind of surprised that the Rams are speaking like he will have a role, and maybe I'm wrong. But we're talking about a fifth round running back who we literally haven't seen play and who wasn't like a like an elite talent or anything in college. I just I, I don't we'll see what happens, but like I'm not expecting anything today. No, I, I think it would be uh I, I think you'd be too much of an optimist to uh expect, you know, uh Williams to come out here and, and just wow at, you know, the entire NFL. I I think you're I mean, I hope so. I, I would love to be wrong about this. Yeah, and I think that's just like people, if they think that, are just taking everything Sean McVay says in interviews as Bible, which is fine because he's way smarter than we are. Yep. But like, it's not like every single statement he's put out has either been true or turned out right. Most of them have. Uh, but he certainly hyped up a, a players that haven't been great. Um. Last injury we have, Van Jefferson, they're saying he's making progress, but they're taking it a day at a time. It's possible he plays in week one. Uh, they didn't put him out on IR or anything. I, If they're still saying that today, 
I don't know where you're at. I feel like they just shouldn't play him. It's week one. We have other receivers. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I know we'd like to have everyone out there, especially against a team like the Bills. But at the same time, it's like, do you really want to jeopardize, you know, his season if, you know, if you're going to jeopardize his entire season, if, you know, they go out there and, you know, put him out there and he gets injured and re-aggravates injuries only for him to be out for the entire season. What, no matter how you feel about Van Jefferson, you, you want him out there rather than say like a Ben Skoranek. It's just reality. So um, in the end, I think we can deal with at least one week of, of, you know, Ben Skoranek to do out well. I don't know if Lance McCutcheon will be out there suited up, but, you know, maybe they do suit him up uh, for this week uh, if they have to sit uh, Van Jefferson. But overall, I I think it's the right approach to keep him out if he's just, you know, not feeling well. Yeah, and I'm kind of thinking, like, they didn't play Ben Skronik in the preseason. They didn't play Tutu Atwell in the preseason. So they're confident enough in these guys that they don't have to get reps. If Andrews is not healthy, let's see what they got. Show me what they got. Let's see. Let's see if they've improved, because I would love to see if they've improved. And we play Atlanta next week. We get the Cardinals, then the 49ers and the Cowboys. Let's get Jefferson healthy for that three-game stretch, uh, because ultimately Van Jefferson at eighty percent, I don't think is going to do much for us in Week One. No. Um. Last thing before we start talking about the game, I did want to touch on the Rams announce their captains, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Rob Havenstein, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner. Uh, Wagner stepping in as a vet, first year on the team, coming in being a captain, Rob Havenstein taking over the offensive line unit as the, the leader there. Good to see him get that vote. Nobody else very surprising here, but it's always interesting to see who gets voted captains. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. For sure, and I I think all of them well-deserved. I don't feel like anyone was really snubbed, so yeah, all for it. I don't remember the last time where you could actually claim that the captains were the six best players on the team. I don't know if Havenstein is the six best player on the team, but I think that's at least the five best players. And then one of the best eight. And I got to go worse than that. I mean, Havenstein, I think is a pretty valuable player. Uh, maybe you might consider Brian Allen better. No. But I, I, I no, we are not considering Brian Allen better. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's definitely the best lineman we have today. I mean, technically, Brian Allen did make the Pro Bowl last year. No, no, he didn't. Didn't he? He, I think, it was an alternate, which was insane. But, but he definitely but did still, not make the Pro Bowl. I mean, did I, did Havenstein make it as a alternate? I, I don't know. I think uh, Allen has improved a lot. I think him being an alternate was pretty insane. Uh, still, like, like he's definitely gotten way better. Uh, notably, way better. It, I know there are some people that have been listening to his podcast for a long time. You know how we felt about Brian Allen years ago. We don't feel that way anymore. Um, I would say he is not better than Havenstein, and I would also think David Edwards is our second best lineman today. Wow. Wow, that's a... Uh... Is that a take? 
That is a very interesting take. I will say that much. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like David Edwards. I mean, he came he came to the Rams in a nick of time, I would say. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's quite a take, man. All right. Well, let us know what you guys think. Uh, well, I was thinking with the, the six best players on the team, it's definitely Stafford, Ramsey, Donald, Cup, Wagner, not in that order. And then I would say, like, probably Leonard Floyd, maybe Allen Robinson, and then Havenstein. Jordan Fuller on a good day, but I think he's probably ninth. On a slightly different uh, note here, I do hope that Allen Robinson becomes, like, a really good player for us because I just drafted him in my fantasy league. So there's that. Love it. Okay, so... Well, we we about, we can start to preview in the game. We already talked about the two and a half points. I think it's fair. I think it's a you're not going to get many chances to bet the Rams as underdogs this year. So if you gamble, I gamble a little, not too crazy. Uh, it's a good game to bet. This is not a um, paid ad, but I'm pretty sure DraftKings Sportsbook has a promo for this game where if you bet on one of the teams and they take a seven point lead your bet wins uh so that is why i bet fifty dollars like a psychopath on this game because i saw that and immediately bet after a couple beers uh but i let's talk so i I just wanted to talk about like things that you're going to be watching for in this game um things that you're either excited to see or cautious to see i think alan robinson is probably the biggest one for me definitely um and i'm guessing it's one of the biggest ones for you you drafted him i what like what's what's your outlook on him because it's interesting note like oh uh for fantasy purposes and not that this is like where we need to build the conversation around but it's you know if you're a successful fantasy receiver you're usually successful in real life there are some very complicated cases where that's not true but like last year cooper cup has the best season by a receiver ever and as a result, none of the other receivers are putting up much numbers. Robert Woods was pretty useless for fantasy purposes and yardage purposes. The games he played, you know, obviously Bobby Trees does his thing, blocking and all that. Uh, when Odell came in, he wasn't racking up yards, but his role was like he was scoring touchdowns. And so he was playable for fantasy um, and obviously an even better real life player for us. I think Robinson does a lot of that with... Um, you know, being a big body receiver who can go make a play on the ball, which Odell brought to us and we hadn't had in a really long time. Uh, even, I don't even know if I would say Cooper Cup at his best right now is that kind of player. He just beats people and is open and can make plays. He's not like a throw him a fade in single coverage type guy. Robinson can do that. Um, and I'm very optimistic, but you like we all collectively have kind of forgotten that he was fucking awful last year. And I think it can be chalked up to him not wanting to be there, him being with bad quarterbacks, the team being a dumpster fire. I'm optimistic on this year. I think he's going to have a really good year. I'm curious to see how it translates to fantasy. I own him in a couple dynasty leagues, so I hope it does. And I think it will. Um, but all if, if your number one receiver is catching is, has 1900 yards and, 20 touchdowns there's not that much bread left to go around i think realistically cup is going to come down a little yardage wise robinson will shoot up a little because they paid him a lot of money all the reports in camp are that he looks great uh but like we can't fully forget how bad he was last year i i think it all just kind of depends on how you're viewing alan robinson like if you're viewing alan robinson to be like a 1200 yard receiver and getting like, you know, 15 touchdowns. I think you need to dial down your expectations a little bit, but at the same time, I think the big thing with Allen Robinson is, you know, kind of basically replacing Odell Beckham in a way um, just with even more of a larger body. And I think that that's going to ultimately benefit both parties here. I think that's kind of something that the Rams don't currently have at the moment. And when you 
put Allen Robinson in this offensive scheme, I think this is going to benefit not only him, but the entire offense. Now, as far as, you know, his past with the Bears, uh, I mean, what does that sound like to you, Steve? That sounds very familiar to me. I think the only reason it gives me a little pause, and not a lot, I think he's going to have a great year. I think he's really good. I've always thought he's really good. Is that he's had great years with shit quarterbacks before. Yeah, that's true. Like, I think his entire career has been great years with bad quarterbacks. And so it was a little surprising. Like, if you look at the numbers, like, you'd be shocked at how many games he actually played in. Because he played most of the year. And, like, I think he had one of the worst seasons ever for a receiver based on how much he was out there. Uh, Which is, like, but I think he was just checked out. And I think, you know, the Rams made a big investment in him. Um, and I think with Odell, they kind of realized because the the unit of receivers really was built to accommodate Jared Goff. Yes. And so when you take Robert Woods out of the – not that they didn't take him out by choice, but when you replace him with Odell and now Allen Robinson, it unlocks a lot of things that Stafford can do with the offense that you couldn't do with Jared Goff. And so it wasn't really worth going after these type of guys. But um, I think it's going to – it should be a seamless transition as long as he's not washed, which I definitely do not think he is. I just – you have to have that in the back of your mind that that is in the range of outcomes is that he's just cooked. But I think it's very low. The odds of that happening are very low to me. I'm really excited to see him play this week. And the, the other thing you have to kind of keep in mind also is, you know, not only is he getting like an actual quarterback throwing in the football now – but he's not expected to be the number one receiver anymore. You know, he's he's still going to be a starter, and he's he's going to be the guy that, you know, you expect the Rams to go to, um, you know, if they're not targeting Cooper Cup. But at the same time, you know, he's being part of a major offensive system now, and that's going to be the, the biggest difference, I feel. You know, uh, coming from the Chicago Bears – where, I mean, there's just so many things wrong with that organization at the at the moment. And, you know, <laughs> teetering between uh, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields and the, having quite possibly one of the worst offensive lines in football, yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me at all that he didn't have a great season. So, yeah, for me, I, I think coming to the Rams, he's going to revitalize his career just like Odell did. And um, here's hoping that it'll, you know, be as good as we're hoping. Just, again, you have to have reasonable expectations. If you're expecting, you know, so many yards and, and, you know, a boatload of touchdowns, I think you're going to be very disappointed. Here is Cooper Cup's quote on what it's been like having Robinson in the building just to get everyone excited. If that did make you excited, which I hope it did. That he looks really good. He's been huge for us this offseason. It's been incredible to see him work, find his niche, and find out how he's going to fit into things and his ability to run all the routes and do all the things he wants to do on this offense, all things coach asks receivers to do. He's not only willing, but he's able. I'm really excited for him, and his mentality has been great. It's been a great addition as a sounding board for me, even to run ideas by him, talk football with. It's been a lot of fun. So that's very encouraging and exciting. Um, and, yeah, I, I think he will be great. I think it will be great. The other acquisition, uh, the or the big one, Bobby Wagner is in the building. It's a good game to have Bobby Wagner in on the team because the Bills have probably the best quarterback in the NFL today in Josh Allen, um, one of the best receivers in the NFL in Stephon Diggs. Followed by up and comer Gabe Davis. Uh, the running backs are shit, but they still find a way to run the ball. Um, but Bobby Wagner, I'm really interested to see how they play him and Ernest Jones together and what that looks like. Uh, Jones in an interview said he thinks his role has gotten bigger with Bobby coming in. He said, "I think we both established that there are two good linebackers on the team, and they want to keep out to keep out here on the field. But in a sense, I don't feel like my role has lessened. I feel like for me, it's just getting better, just continuing to grow. And when I'm out there with him, let's go dominate, which I think is a great mentality for a second year guy who basically gets planted as a starting linebacker 
to have, and I think they're both going to play a lot. But the rain, I mean, historically over the last couple of years, they've played a lot of one linebacker sets with safeties filling in the box a little bit because they haven't had the personnel. And I don't know if the, the, the last time they had two even competent linebackers at the same time was what, like Mark Barron and Alec Ogletree. And there are that to call that group competent might be kind of a stretch, but like, we just literally haven't seen this. Yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Um, but yeah, I expect to see a lot more, uh, uh, dual linebacker sets there with um, Wagner and Jones. And uh, yeah, it couldn't have come at a better time because I, I you know, that's kind of one one way the the Bills, you know, beat the Rams uh, a couple years ago was by kind of carving up the middle of the field. It, I mean, they really didn't do anything that spectacular if you really go back in that game. And uh, albeit it was, you know, two different teams at that time. But, you know, up until this season, the problem was still pretty much the same. You know, you go back to last year, uh, a lot of teams were trying to carve up the middle of the field. And for the most part, it worked. So uh, having Bobby Wagner there, I think the Bills are going to have to find another way to, you know, uh, win this football game. Yeah, in when we played them in 2020, Josh Allen went 24-33 for 311 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, was sacked four times, 128.9 passer rating. Didn't even really run the ball. He ran for one touchdown, four attempts for eight yards. So they just destroyed us. Uh, He just destroyed us. And now I take partial blame for that game because I couldn't watch the first half. And so when I – what you say? That's a shame on you. So when I turned the game on, uh, Johnny, the Rams actually, I think they won the game technically 29-7 to uh, for the time I was watching. So this game should be a blowout if that's the the way we're approaching this. But, yeah, this is – could not be a tougher test for a defense to start the season that's had some turnover. Um, the pass rushing unit, we're, we're going to be – trying Justin Hollins back out there. He's, he's played, so I'm not too worried. I, I'm also really interested to see how the secondary looks because I, I want to see where they slot Troy Hill in. It seems like he'll probably just be the, the cornerback, uh, and they'll utilize David Long in the slot along with the poo platter of Robert Rochelle and the rest of those guys. There's been rumblings that Jordan Fuller's not locked in as starting safety, and so I'm – just like I, that would shock me, but if you told me two years ago Jordan Fuller would be the starting safety, that also would have shocked me. So I'm, I just like I'm excited to see what they do with this defense and if everything works. And I think going into this game, guys, if this doesn't work, the Bills are really fucking good. Let's let's re reconvene in like four weeks if they get blown out and see what really are the flaws in this defense. But I, I just like I'm excited to see what they what they do. You know, I, I'm at the point because I, I predicted a, a loss in this game. Uh, I believe Steve predicted that they'd win this game. And, yeah. So, like, for me, I don't necessarily mind if they lose this game. But if they're absolutely blown out, I'm not going to lie. I'll be a little nervous. It wouldn't be, you know, the sky is falling type of scenario where I'm like, this the, the season's over with. But I would say there is a little cause for concern. But I, um, I, I think it, you know, having Sean McVay as your head coach, though, and even Raheem Morris to an extent, one of the things these guys do very, very well is adjust. Uh, it may not happen overnight or, you know, from week to week, but over time they do readjust, you know, um, whatever they need to do. And, you know, it ultimately turns out for the better. So maybe it may not be the most convenient time to face the Bills, but at the same time, at least now, you could kind of get a better, you know, um, idea of what the Rams need to do. And uh, let's face it, if if Sean McVay and Raheem Morris need to figure out what they need to do, they're going to do it. 
anything else you're ex- you're looking at in this game with a with a close eye? I think it's just uh for me it's going to be ultimately the offensive line. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think um it, it it's going to be one of the biggest reasons why the Rams win this game or why the Rams lose this game. Uh because you know, if the Rams are able to at least be decent on the offensive line, you know, with the ground game, with, you know, protecting Matthew Stafford, I think this becomes a much closer game and the Rams have a chance of winning this football game. But if they're just carving up this this offensive line, if it looks like Swiss cheese out there, uh, there's no way the Rams are winning this football game. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned if they get blown out. Yeah, it's, it's a little concerning if they get blown out. I think, you know, if the defense gets kind of smacked around, but it's still a close game because we're scoring points, the sky's not falling. And the sky's not falling if we get blown out either. It'll just be a little concerning if they just get rocked in week one. But, you know, the benefit of playing the best team on paper in the league week one is that, like, if they lose, we kind of just be like, okay, well, we got that out of the way. And if they win, then we just uh, take another victory lap for a week and say we're, we're repeating and we're never losing again and all that fun stuff I like saying. Are you still picking the Bills to win this game? I don't want to, but I, I'll stick to what I said. I, I, I Again, it it's not going to be the end of the world if they barely lose to the best team on paper. But um, for now, I I do have the Bills over, over the Rams. I'll stick with the Rams. I had them 34-31. I think I'll keep it. What, um... How annoying do you think, regardless of the results of the game, the Von Miller quotes are going to be? Because I'm sure we'll talk about it for a month. Because I feel like all he's done is talked about how much fun he had on the Rams in that, even despite leaving. It, it'll be annoying either way. Um, but I feel like it'll be that much more annoying if we lose. And he was a major part of them winning. You know, uh, if if Von Miller ends up having like three sacks in the game and just absolutely tearing apart this offensive line, then, yeah, hearing him say, you know, I hated doing this to my brothers, you know, that kind of <laughs> stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's going to really get to me a little bit. But uh, um, overall, like if if the Rams win this game and he's still saying that it, it'll be less annoying. Yeah. Yeah, he'll, he'll be he'll be crying after he sacks Matthew Stafford. I'm sorry, giving Matthew, him a hug. I'm sorry. Uh, um. All right. Uh. Well, I think we'll be probably be the ones talking to you guys after this game. So, I you got anything else, Johnny? Just hurry up, hurry up Thursday. I, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I, I'm down to leave work early just to watch the them raise that banner and hopefully another banner next year. Let's do it. Uh, well, we'll be back Thursday night, probably, post-game. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, at C. Rivero, at Johnny Fountain, at 6 at Tuck Rams. We'll talk to you guys soon. How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't doing it. You, you personally? I think we ain't doing it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.